Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, your ears are about to tickle. You are listening to a podcast with two friends sharing their opinions and their love about things they enjoy. This is the Disaster Party Podcast. Whoa, daddy. Let's get it. Oh, oh, daddy, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let them boys explain. It's free, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And that's the Disaster Party Boys telling you, go do it now. Welcome to Disaster Party Podcast. As always, this is Rob Daniel, joined by my co-host. Oh, whoa, daddy, it's your boy Andy Bivians. That's B-I-V-I-A-N-S, for I am the one true, whoa, daddy of Studio Whoa Bivians, I-N-C, and your American icon. Listen, tonight, we're going to get our wrestling fix. Because we're on episode 76. Whoa, daddy. Whoa, daddy. So this episode is a little delayed. We wanted to do this last week, but unfortunately with time and scheduling and stuff. And we were trying to get B-Rent and Shawnee Dion, but it didn't work. So we're just going to do a quick recap of AEW Double or Nothing, which happened last week. And we're going to touch on uh, what happened beforehand. We're going to touch on what happened on Dynamite. We are going to touch on the news coming out of Rampage. We're going to just, you know, touch a little bit on everything AEW. Um, so, for AEW, for uh, Double or Nothing, I had people over. Andy was there, a couple of the friends, some people some people we haven't seen in a while. Uh, Dan uh, and Nick. Nicky boy. And Romy Rome. Like, all of uh, a bunch of people who have been on the podcast before. So, toward the end of the night, we all, you know, were a little intoxicationed, and um, so some of the matches might be a blur, so that's why we're going to do a quick recap, just kind of touch on the results and anything that stood out to us, and like I said, we'll touch on Dynamite, the highlights, and uh, Rampage. There was news-worthy things on both episodes. Exactly. So, Andy, where, do you, where would you like to start? Um, let's start at the pay-per-view. Okay. Well, do you want to talk about what happened to uh, before the pay per view? Oh, at the um, the, the fan uh, fest. Yes. Let's start there. Okay. Start there. Well, 
MJF no-showed a FanFest signing thing that fans paid for beforehand, and he just no-showed. And a lot of the rumors were that it's due to his contract stuff that he talked uh, to Ariel Hawani on his podcast, basically saying that he wasn't getting paid enough, blah, blah, blah. So that was the whole rumor of why he didn't show up. And it was the talk of the talk prior to the pay-per-view starting. So a lot of people were even curious because there was a rumor that he booked a flight out of New- uh, out of Las Vegas. So there was a lot of, is he or isn't he going to show up? Love it. Get him talking one way or another. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm still confused if this is a work or not, or like part work, part not, part shoot. Like, I don't know. So let's just jump into the pay-per-view. So there was only one pre-show match. Hook Housen, Hook and Dan Housen uh, against Tony Neese and Mark Sterling. This was more of a – it was basically like Dan Housen taking the beating. Hook comes in, saves him. Uh, they get Tony Nese out of the match. Uh, Hook's doing his moves on DeMarc Sterling. Uh, Dan Housen asks to get tagged in, and he steps on Mark Sterling's chest to get the one, two, three, which basically was Dan Housen trying to uh, get his win back on Tony Nese and Mark Sterling. He he cursed Mark Sterling as he pinned him. He did. And this match went five minutes and 20 seconds. And now there was something I didn't like about this is I'll talk about it later. But at this point, right, Mark Sterling did not have the neck brace, did not have anything. He seemed completely fine because since Wardlow tossed him through the uh, tables a couple of weeks back, he's been wearing a neck brace. He did not have a neck brace during this match. He was trying to get the one up on his opponents. You know, think he's weak, and he had a good showing too. You know, think he's weak Agreed. until he got suplexed on his head, which was very nasty. So I'm glad he's okay. But yeah, which leads into uh, what you were thinking about later on <laughs> about the uh, the brace. Uh, does he come out here? I don't think. He won. I don't think he did. Sorry. Um, um, I think he comes out later. Yeah. 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 So the first match of the pay-per-view is Wardlow um, versus MJF. And this was probably one of the better built storylines for the last two years between these two. Uh, if you follow AEW, basically Wardlow was his body. MJF's bodyguard ended up turning on him in the CM Punk feud. So the whole stipulation of this is a singles match, and uh, Wardlow had to jump through hoops, just like every other person who wants to get at MJF. And if uh, MJF won, Wardlow would be permanently banned from signing with AEW. And if Wardlow won, um, if MJF won, then Wardlow couldn't sign with AEW. And if Wardlow won, he could sign with AEW. This match was essentially... A one-way squash match. A power bomb. A symphony, I'm sorry. A symphony of power bombs. After power He hit 10 power bombs. And the cool thing about it is, in my opinion, after the first two, he started slowing down. 
and you could tell he was like getting amped and like like you know uh feeding to the crowd and at one point he did he was he looked like he was gonna win he went down for the pin one two and just got up and continued to do power bombs continued to do power bombs um I don't know if you noticed, but after the match, they made it seem like m j f was beat to shit they took him out on a stretcher and they even um put the like the oxygen mask on his eyes instead of his mouth God, i didn't catch that. <laughs> yeah pretty funny stuff that's funny it was cool because you saw like you saw the the, the feeling in um in wardlow like the passion in his eyes in wardlow and i just saw actually i just saw a clip from um 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 oh i forgot his name uh, the guy who does all of the uh, interviews. Um, that I don't know. That's gonna bug me. That's really gonna bug me. I apologize. Uh, Van Vliet. Got it. I just saw uh, his interview with Wardlow, and he was talking about how like um, they told him to go make a name for himself, and like he killed everything else. And he was like, okay. So knowing that, and then seeing. You know, the match and seeing, you know, um, how emotional he was. You can put all of it together and, like, it was a long journey for him, so. Yeah. And as he left the ring, or after MJF got removed, Wardlow came out, or Wardlow was walking up, and it showed the on the Titan screen that Wardlow is all elite. Facts. All right. So the next match we have on the main card is the Hardys versus the Young Bucks in a tag team match. This match went 19 minutes and 15 seconds. I don't think it needed to go 19 minutes and 15 seconds. But this match was pretty wild, I would say. A lot of stuff happening. I wouldn't say, and this is my opinion, you could you could disagree if you want. This wasn't as high-flying and like death-defying uh, match as I would have expected. But it was more of like a ground base. But obviously the super kicks were there. Swan Toms were there. The reversals were there. Like all of that was there. But like the death-defying stuff that you would expect from like Jeff Hardy, they weren't there as much as I would thought. That he did – I think he did do the, the stairs and did the Swan Tom on the stairs, which you know looked wild. like it hurt. That was wild. And I mean we talked about it when we were all watching it. Jeff was definitely – Missing a step. At one point, his boot came off. He looked kind of like a mess. I mean, later did we find out that he was injured in some way, which is why he was removed from the Dynamite card later on. Um, but yeah. Uh, See, that's that was the scary thing about it, I think, because he removed boot. He had an injury to the, his ankle or leg. Um, so seeing him move around like that and then seeing him go up for that swanton on the steps was 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 frightening. <laughs> you know, every time he went up to do like a um like a like a top rope move or like an aerial assault, like it was kinda hoping like, you know, I hope he keeps his, his footing or his grounding. Um but yeah, he got through it though. But uh, Yep. They had a couple they had uh, a couple um Aerial stuff, though. The Asai Moonsault to the outside. The Swanton to the stairs. Um, yeah. It wasn't as, it wasn't as crazy as um, that, uh, that Sting-Hardy match that they had. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they did they did come out say he was injured. It wasn't like drugs or anything, so that's a good thing. And the Hardys, the Hardys ended up beating the Young Bucks. Facts. Elite. Um. Yep, elite first elite. So match number four was Jake Cargill versus Anna Jay. This was uh, added relatively late, I believe. Uh, this match went seven twenty five. This was probably the messiest match of the whole show. Probably the worst match on the card. They, you could see that they were not on the same page because there was a point that Jake Cargill uh, went on the top rope ready to do a move, but then Anna Jay was on the other side of the ring. And then she like brought her closer and then went back up again. So you could tell that they were off. Um, there was this cool um, reversal that Anna Jay did. It was like Jay Cargill had her in her finisher. She like rolled out, rolled underneath her legs and kicked out her leg, kicked out Jay Cargill's legs from behind her. Jay Cargill fell into her, into Anna Jay, and she did like a chokehold on her. I thought that was pretty cool. Facts. Um, but yeah, Jay Cargill is like 32-0, and 0, I think 33-0, and 0, and she beats Anna Jay, which I think we all assumed. And then, as her and her group celebrate in the ring, we see the appearing... Uh, actually, I'm sorry, before the end, we see the debuting Stokely Hathaway, which comes down. Which this is where I think you were, you were mad, because... Um, I think Mark Sterling made an appearance. Yeah, but he had a neck brace on. Exactly, because he got dropped on his head from from a suplex. So he got see so you got to psych your so you got to psych your opponents out, and then he got re injured, so then he had to put it back on. <laughs> uh, but then Stokely Hathaway uh, made his way down to the ring, and it looks like he is now the new manager of that little small group, and. Uh, then Athena made her debut. Formerly known as Ember Moon. Ember Moon. That was cool. That was cool to see. Yeah. I'm excited to see what like those three can do. It was, um, it was Athena. Um, and then Chris Statlander came out as like a three, right? Three? Yeah. On three? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That'd be cool to see. Uh, yes. Well, three on the, so it was like the three on three. So then um, the next match was uh, the Death Triangle versus – or Death Triangle is Pac, Penta, and Phoenix. And they were facing the House of Black, Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King. This was a crazy match. Uh, Penta landed this like Canadian Destroyer onto Matthews on the apron, but he jumped over Phoenix to hit it. <laughs> and then like – Pack performed a four fit. He did like a four fifty splash on Black off the top. Um, you know, then uh, you know, Pack took advantage, hit Black with a low blow. Pack went up to do the Black Arrow. The lights went out, and then when the lights came on, Julia Hart arrived. But now she is clearly part of House of Black. She spit the mist into Pack's face. Then Black hit the Black Mass and on Pack to win. But before that, like. Uh, out Malachi was just hitting the black mask on everybody. He leveled everybody with it. Everybody. So. Now, yeah, I mean, I said it before, and I'll say it again. I love watching Pac and um, Ray and Pento work. Just overall, like the the things that they're capable of doing, and is astonishing. Um, Agreed. 
and just the six guys in this match, I think, A, already made it a pay-per-view worthy uh, name for the match, but the, all six men are, are absolutely uh, phenomenally talented. Um, so it was cool to watch that. Mm-hmm. So now we have uh, the next match is the finals of the Men's Own Heart Foundation Tournament. And it was Adam Cole facing Samoa Joe. And actually, this apparently was the first time they faced each other. Maybe on the main. On, like, the big the big stage. Hmm. Um, so the match was pretty good. I wouldn't say it was great, but it was good. Uh, then Bobby Fish came out, distracted Joe. Long enough for, you know, Joe, um, Cole to take advantage. He performed the boom. And it was a victory. Like, clean victory. Um, this match went... Twelve thirty. Uh, the 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 six the six man tag went fifteen thirty five. Sorry, and then this match went twelve thirty. Again, it was good. It nothing. I wouldn't say anything spectacular. Uh, Joe lost clean. I thought there was going to be some, uh, you know, interference with Jay Lethal and all that. But yeah, I mean, it was good. Yeah, they had one interference, and that was it. Which I was, and it was Bobby Fish. Yeah, yeah. So Adam Cole is the winner of the men's owned heart tournament. The next match was Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho. This went thirteen twenty. Pretty cool. Um, the guitarist from Fozzie played Britt Baker out, and then um, my goodness, Rancid, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Rancid played uh, Ruby Soho. Out Ruby out to their yeah. song. Ruby, 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 so hope, Ruby, so right? hope. Um, so this match again was good. Uh, not great or not spectacular, but good, awesome. Uh, Ruby Soho at one point did a sharp shooter, sharp shooter to Baker, which was just not good at all. Um, then Soho went to the ropes, put herself on the sh- on the shoulders of Baker before performing the, and then as that happened, Baker rolled her up and got the victory. On a roll up, one, two, three, and yeah, uh, yeah. So I like the match. Actually, I like both matches for the tournament. Um, and I think I they were that, both uh, good. I agree. I didn't so think I, they were like. No, yeah, no, they were definitely good. Um, and I think I said this one when uh, we were hanging out the other day. Uh, see the next segment. Seeing. Um, Dr. Martha Hart come out to uh, award them the uh, championships and the trophy has to be such a cool feeling and like an honored like experience, especially for both of them together. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah. I must've been really, especially like her not being able to do anything with wrestling for a while because you know, things going on. Um, so after all these years, it must have been a very cool feeling to be like, I get to represent Owen Hart. Agreed. Um, yeah, the whole, the whole, uh, I guess the it was like belts when uh, Martha Hart came out. You know, she was introduced by the Tony Savani. She thanked everybody. Um, she gave both Cole and Baker, like, a belt, I guess, like a tournament belt to both. 
uh, I guess that is the trophy. It will not be defended. It's nothing like that. They did say that. So yeah, it was a good, it was a cool, cool thing. Yeah. It was a cool memory just to have, like, as both Adam Cole and Britt Baker, you know? Yeah, agreed. Especially since they're boyfriend, girlfriend. Ooh. All right. So the next one, I don't. Uh, so it's American Top Team versus uh, Frankie Kazarian, Sammy Guevara, and Ty Conti. It's a six-person mixed tag match. And um, so I guess, like, the the thing was is that if Top Team wins – Neither Kazarian or Guevara are allowed to challenge for the TNT Championship again as long as Scorpion Sky, Scorpio Sky is the champion. This match went 12-30, and American Top Team won. Um, so now Kazarian and Guevara can't challenge. But here's the thing. American Top Team is kind of made out to be the heels. But then you have Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti also made out to be heels. But it was cool though; they came out in like Maleficent outfits, so it kind of like they, that was kind of that dope. was cool. Uh, this was uh, Paige Van Zandt's first in-ring match, or yeah, first in-ring uh, first match. So that was interesting to see. Um, but again, it's like it was heel versus heel, and then Frankie Kazarian, who essentially was the only babyface in this whole match, was teaming with the more hated heels. And then that played a whole role that, you know, Frank Uzarian left the match. And then, uh, that's how top team won because now it was just, yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, yeah, didn't do much. It was confusing, but, um, that, that super kick to Ty Conti. <laughs> yeah, that was, that, that looked like it made she some hard contact. Shit. <laughs> she yes, ate that shit. Yes, she did. <laughs> um, yeah, she she definitely definitely ate that shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, again, it was it was fun. I wouldn't say it was great, but it was enjoyable. I mean, twelve minutes and thirty seconds it could have been shorter. It could have been longer. But yeah, I mean, the the whole storyline is that Sammy hit Ty. So now that's playing into their storyline on Dynamite. Uh, they can't challenge anymore. So finally we get uh, some new challengers to the TNT belt, which is nice. And then Paige Van Zant got her first win and first match under her belt. So there you go. I dig it. Yeah. Uh, the next match is Kyle O'Reilly uh, versus Darby Allen. Singles match went 950. Um, you know, there was a Darby went for the suicide squat, uh, suicide dive like he normally does, and he fucking lands on his head so hard I thought he was dead. Um, you know, it was this was a good match. You could see it was like a um, a battle of styles. Obviously, Kyle O'Reilly is more grounded, Darby's not, and uh, yeah, it was overall I I enjoyed this match, but uh, O'Reilly won by landing a knee drop from the top rope. So, it, like, I didn't think that – I didn't – again, Kyle O'Reilly is mostly in tag matches. So I didn't know that that was his finish because I don't think he's won a singles match in AEW. And it just seemed very abrupt. Yeah. Um, well, hold on. Let, let's not skip the fact that Darby Allen threw his own body 
at like 50 miles an hour <laughs> through the ropes to try to take out Kyle O'Reilly. Um, that first one was wild. And uh, I'm glad he's okay. Because uh, it definitely looked like he landed on his head. Uh, the second one was cool, though, where he tried to go for it again, but on the opposite side of the ring. And uh, Kyle O'Reilly caught him in the uh, guillotine choke, like in midair. That was kind of cool. Um, and uh, I think he's been doing the knee drop a lot, though. No? Yeah, I I know he is, but I didn't know it was a finish. I'm used to I'm used to the uh, the Red Dragon the um, the total elimination that they hit. I'm used to that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I can't think. Yeah, but I mean, it makes sense though. You know, especially after yeah. he hit the kicks because he's working the ribs and then landing a knee drop from the top. And Darby was winning a lot. To be honest, I know he lost to Jeff, but like with Sting, he was like untouchable. Like they were winning everything. So I'm glad that like without Sting, he's been losing. So it kind of adds to maybe like a redemption story for Darby. And, and like it can be like, oh, see, you don't win without Sting. And, you know, kind of adds to that. He's probably still fucked up from him and Jeff's match. I mean, clearly Jeff was too. <laughs> that wild swanton on the chairs. That's insane. Uh, yeah, no, I like this match. I also like the, the, the clash of the styles, too. You got to see two different styles come together, which was awesome. Yeah. It's almost agreed. like fighting to see, like, which style would work out best. In a agreed. Sense. All right, so we got the next match was Thunder Rosa, the champion, versus Serena Deeb, 1655. Uh, this was for the AEW Women's Championship. Thunder Rosa won. Uh, it, this was a good match. Uh, two of probably the better wrestling in ring wrestler, female wrestlers. Uh, you know, Deeb went for a figure four leg lock where they ended up rolling out of the ring to the floor, which broke the hold. Back in the ring, Deeb applied uh, the serenity lock, which was released and put Rosa down with the power bomb. Moments later, Deeb avoided the charge, charging Rosa, who crashed into the corner. Deeb went for the ropes was cut off by Rosa, who ex- executed the top rope superplex. Rosa followed with a fire thunder driver on deep to retain the title. It's one of them high impacts. I still got you. And now I'm finishing you type deals. Uh, no, it was cool. I like I liked this match a lot. Yeah, um, this was a solid match. I want to go back and watch this one, actually. It's hard hitting, too. They beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> well, it was a heated. It was like a heated thing. It was like, you know, the the um. Well, not really on Thunder Rosa's side, but uh, Deeb's promos have been really good leading up to this. So I thought it was really good. So good. Uh, so the next match, uh, if you're ready to explain this one, uh, this was Anarchy in the Arena, and this went twenty two forty five. This was insane. Um. We're definitely going to miss details. That's okay. Um, I will summarize it quickly. Uh, Wild Thing played for the first like 10 minutes of the match until Jericho hit some sound box and stopped it. Um, I believe Moxley was like stabbing one of the, uh, I think, Angelo Parker, and he was a bloody mess. Is that what happened? Uh, 
Yeah, he was like a, a fork covered. or something. He was stabbing him. I saw him covered, and I'm like, wait. I, I must have, like, looked away for a second. But I, I turned back, and he's just gushing. And I'm like, wait, how did how did he start bleeding? Also, mm-hmm. the Wild Thing music playing, I feel like that was a uh, that was a shout-out to New Jack. Because that was, that was some, oh, yeah. some, some New Jack vibes there. <laughs> I agree. Um. I'm just going to run through real quick, and you can add whatever you want, okay? So, again, the stabbing, he was bloody. Uh, You know, there was tables, ladders, all of it. Um, At one point, uh, Eddie Kingston comes from, like, the ramp, all bloodied up in a white Yankee T-shirt, all blood on him with a gasoline tank. He looked like a zombie, like, awesome, like, visuals. Um, Back and forth, you know, obviously both teams had the thing. Uh, Then when Kingston got in, he started pouring gasoline on Jericho and Danielson because Danielson had Jericho, I believe, in in like a submission. And then uh, Danielson got up, got in the face of Kingston, being like, what the fuck are you doing? And then um, they beat up Kingston and they take the fucking ring ropes and they choke Danielson out. Like his neck, like he looked like he was choked out, and he just passes out. And yeah. so the uh, Jericho Society ends up beating uh, Eddie Kingston and his team. Uh, so I said Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa beat the shit out of each other. Uh, I take that back. Well, I don't take that back. They did beat the shit out of each other. These two groups fucked each other up. <laughs> yep. It was wild. It was hard hitting. They used weapons. They used the t- uh, chairs. Um, the ring yeah, rope, Danielson the hit a steel chair into Jericho's face. Hagger used a bat. Like <laughs> it was wild, and it's it's it was crazy to see. And I I I said this before, and I feel the same about it now. Is that um, I think the inner circle and uh, the elite would have had a match like this if there were fans in the building. However, now yeah. that I'm saying that, I don't think it would have been as violent because Moxley and Danielson with Regal are known for for being vicious, violent, beat him up, hit him up. Like, it was a different style. So while they still had, I mean, they still uh, fought all over the building, um, you can definitely see the difference between the two, like, these were like, we're coming to kill you type vibes in this match. Um, but I liked it. Felt liked that it. way, too. Yeah. It was it was very well done. But <laughs> there's so many people in the match, and they were so all over the building that there were so many different ca- camera views and different camera angles and different camera shots that I feel like the guy in the back were just pressing the button, clicking, switching on <laughs> different camera views. And then apparently this got five stars from Dave Meltzer. I wouldn't say it was five stars, maybe three and a half, four. But this was a fun match, bloody, all of it. So if you like that kind of match, like, you definitely had a good time with this. But I wouldn't have said five stars. Felt like an old school hardcore match. Yeah, yeah. Like back in the Attitude Era style hardcore match. Agreed. Agreed. All right, so let's go to the next match. The next match was... The three-way tag match, Jungle Express, Keith Lee and Swerve, and then Team Taz, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Ricky Starks. This match went 17-15. Uh, 
and I was surprised. I was surprised, but Jungle Express came out on top in, like I said, seventeen fifteen. Uh, again, uh, fun match. I will say at this point it was getting pretty late. Like I don't think the main event started till like midnight, so it was getting pretty late. A lot of it was kind of. I think we 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 kind of all weren't paying as much attention. Um, yeah, but of what I it was just a good match. I mean, the, those three teams are all good. Uh, Keith Lee and Swerve are becoming an awesome tag team. You, I thought maybe Team Taz was gonna win. Uh, there was a cool moment where all the big guys. So you had uh, Hobbs, Lee, and um, Jurassic Express or Lustrosaurus all in the ring together. That was cool. Hobbs look Hobbs look really good through this match. Um yeah. Uh the just the combinations of moves between the three teams was just of what I remember just awesome. I thought Swerve and uh Keith Lee were gonna take it for sure. I I, I did not ex- I did not expect the um Jurassic Express to come out on top. They've been holding the tag titles for a while too now, right? Yeah. Probably a little too long, to be honest. <laughs> but, yeah. Understandable. And now, we got the main event. The main C-M Punk challenges the AEW World Heavyweight Champion, Adam Page. Hangman Page. This was, uh, I like this match. I went back and watched clips because, again, like I said, this was so late. It was like, don't think it started till like 12.02 Eastern. Um, I went and watched some of the highlights. Like, uh, I know Punk tried to do the um, buckshot, failed at that. Again, I know he's tried a couple times. Uh, Punk uh, applied the sharpshooter, so there's a lot of Owen Hart um, things through the whole night, or the Hart family. This was just a hard-hitting, hard-hitting match uh, with two guys that had to prove themselves. This went 25 minutes and 40 seconds. Um, CM Punk defeated Hangman Adam Page. And this is CM Punk's first championship win since 2011. That's wild. That's wild. Yes. Yeah, when um when Adam Page did the dive to the outside, it looked like he he definitely jacked up his knee. Um, a lot of people got hurt in this pay per view. <laughs> yeah, as we but it, it, it told a great story for the rest of the match, though. You know, agreed. That I could agree with. Um, I don't know. Again, a lot of this was not necessarily seen by me because I know I, this. I was getting tired and not focusing as much. Is there anything um, that you remember or anything like that? Um. Well, I know after so towards the end of the match, his knees all jacked up. Um, 
and then he's got Punk down, and he's getting ready to kind of put Punk away. And I think Punk went for the GTS and took the ref out. And so uh, Hangman's looking at the belt. He's looking at Punk. He picks up the belt. He's going to hit Punk with it, and he decides against it. And he goes for the buckshot lariat again, but his knee buckles. Punk picks him up, hits him with the GTS. Uh, beats him clean. Um, I... It was just awesome the way that it all played out, um, and it was a very back and forth match, which was which was cool. Um, Agreed. It was cool to see CM Punk win a championship. I get it. Um, we'll talk about this when we talk about Dynamite. But aren't you trying to push? The, I mean, I get that CM Punk's a draw. He's like he brings more fans and like all this stuff. But like, also Hangman. Honestly, if you look at what it is, he had six defenses. Six defenses. Two were Daniel Bryan. Two were Adam Cole. Uh, one was Lance Archer. And one was like Dante Martin in 194 days. Wow. Yeah. So, like, I wouldn't even say that. Adam Page was like a great champion because six defenses in almost 200 days and four of the defenses were against the same two people. You can say the same when um, when like Mox had it. Mox okay, Mox. But you can't say that with Jericho or Omega. Sort of though. Cause they kind of faced the same people, like they were stuck in a they were they were in a program and they kind of faced the same people as they were champion. Like Omega faced um, Mox, Omega faced Daniel Daniel Bryan, yeah. Uh, but he also faced Hangman. He faced, uh, I think he faced Lance Archer. I think he faced, and then like you had uh, Mox facing uh, Kingston. Um, yeah, there was just, it was a, yeah, I'd have to go back. I feel like maybe the other ones had a, had a higher caliber of matches, if that makes any sense. Cause I know a lot of it was, uh, defended on dynamite and whatnot. Yeah. I think all of his title defenses were dynamite, except for maybe Cole. That's what I'm saying. Like his pay-per-view defenses. I feel like he had the same amount, but he's faced or he's had more opportunities with other people, if that makes any sense. Instead of just the number one contender, you had okay. Dante Martin come up and be like, "I want a shot." And he's like, All "Well, right, he was bet. the number one contender at that point." Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. But now he's got a chance to to get it back though, and then have that even better run. He's now definitely he a better, better chasing for sure. Now he could say, like, listen, I, I know what it feels like to have the championship, and I know what it feels like to lose the championship. I'm not going to let that happen again. Agreed. Then he gets a better chase, and then once he grabs it, he gets a better run because now he knows. Hungry. Okay. I see that. All right. So let's run through the aftermath of uh, Dynamite and Rampage real quick. So with the whole MJF thing, he comes out. Uh, does a, 
a promo. This promo was like eight minutes long. We're just going to summarize it. He basically comes out and says he doesn't want to be here anymore, that Tony Khan might might treat him better if he was an ex-WWE guy, and that he's not getting paid enough because all the money's going to the ex-WWE guy. He's cursing throughout the whole thing. There was some bleeping. At one point, he, he calls him like, you fucking Mark, fire me, fire me, you fucking Mark. And then his microphone got cut off. But before his microphone cut off, one of the producer guys was like, hey, you need to stop. You could, And then he was like, shut the fuck up, you piece of shit. Like, it just – it seemed like it was a shoot the way that it was presented, which is cool, you know. It's cool. Uh, then after the promo, like you, well, during the promo, you could see people were booing him in the beginning, and then toward the end, they started cheering him because they were like, "Okay, it is true that they're signing a lot of WWE guys, and if that's true that they're paying them more, even though some of these AEW guys have been here since day one, I mean, I could see it." So MJF left through the crowd, and then CM Punk comes down with one boot on, and then I guess Nick Jackson came out afterwards during the commercial. So, again, it kind of made it look more shoot than it did not. I mean, if you were getting paid less than everybody else, you'd be pissed off, too. I feel That's you. That's what it look like. <laughs> They're like, here's a live mic. Go uh, go voice your grievances. Yeah, yeah. Wait, too much grievances. Hold up, hold up. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then I think after this, I mean, we can, we could touch on more if you want, but after this, uh, that's when they did the trios match. It was the gun club versus CM Punk and FTR because at the end of the pay-per-view FTR came out and lifted CM Punk after he won the championship. And at some point in this match, apparently Punk gets injured, but we don't know about that until rampage. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. Um, also in dynamite, they, announced that San no Ortiz is going to have um a hair versus hair match with Jericho and then after that they're going to do a blood and guts the week after Forbidden Door on Dynamite. The only people that we know is going to be in that I believe is Santana Ortiz, Kingston and Moxley. It's uh because after that pay-per-view, uh Adam Cole got hurt, Jeff Hardy was hurt, Brian Danielson is apparently hurt. Uh, Scorpio Sky is apparently hurt. And when we go to Rampage, uh, we can we can we can work our way back. I just want to get all this out. When we go to Rampage, CM Punk announces that he was injured and requires surgery. He wanted to relinquish the title. However, Tony Khan decided to do an interim champion, which will be crowned until CM Punk's returned, and then CM Punk will face the interim. Uh, so how did they set this up? They determined the interim by setting up matches that will culminate in a match at Forbidden Door, which is cool because we'll be there. Um, and it's going to be, you know, New Japan and AEW. The first two matches will be taking place on June 8th, which is this week. And it will be uh, a battle royal. We'll open the show with the winner facing the number one ranked single star, John Moxley. So it's going to be a battle royal. And then whoever wins the battle royal will face John Moxley. And then it seems like whoever wins that will move on to the championship match at Forbidden Door. And the other competitor in the championship match at Forbidden Door will be a wrestler from New Japan Pro Wrestling, which will be determined in a match... Uh, between Tanahashi and Gato, or yeah, Gato at Dominion 
on on uh, January 12th. So it's either going to be Tanahashi or Gato versus Moxley or whoever wins the Battle Royal. Tanahashi and Moxley. Gato and Moxley. Then, yes. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. So that's going to be sick. So, again, all of these injuries came out of this pay-per-view. It was an awesome pay-per-view. It was long as fuck. But the storyline afterwards between MJF, between Jericho and... Uh, Kingston's group between uh, CM Punk uh, being injured and just all this stuff. It looks like AEW is going to be pretty exciting between now and Forbidden Door. I'm very excited for Forbidden Door. I'm getting more excited for Forbidden Door. Um, I'm excited that we're going to get these matches. And on Dynamite, before CM Punk said he was injured, after their trios match, he basically said, hey, let's sell some tickets to this pay-per-view. Send me send me my opponent. Send out my opponent. And it was Tanahashi. So it already looked like it was going to be Punk versus Tanahashi, which is awesome in the That's first cool. place. Um, So yeah, it's just like really cool. I don't know. Punk versus Tanahashi would be mind-blowing match. And just because when's the last time you've seen new like punk face anybody from New Japan? ROH exactly. Maybe? Exactly. So <laughs> also some uh I just got a injury report on my phone and apparently Cody Rhodes has a torn peck. <laughs> and um yeah, he's still gonna face Seth Rollins in the Hell in Cell tonight. So that's gonna be fun. We shall see what happens. Because Hell in a Cell is going to be starting in about 40 minutes as of we are recording right now. So we are going to jump off unless you have anything else to add on the whole AW Double or Nothing Dynamite Rampage. No, I'm just uh, I'm excited to see where they're going to go with all these. And I'm just excited to see uh, new matches, like new possibilities. So yeah. let's go. Because we're only three weeks away from Forbidden Door. So they have to start announcing matches soon. Probably it'll probably once they do it'll probably start either come out of nowhere or it'll just be quick 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 quick. I just hope that the injuries don't really impact the pay per view because that would suck. Because like Daniel Bryan being injured that sucks. You know, uh, Scorpio Sky he's a champion that could that could he could have had a match. Uh, CM Punk clearly they already changing that match. Jeff Hardy and Adam Cole okay. There would be cool matches, but I believe Jeff Hardy's wrestled most of the or a lot of the New Japan guys, and I know Adam Cole has. So like, those might not be as fresh, but there is a lot of opportunities for this pay per view, and I just hope the injuries haven't fucked it up. Well, that and you got to think like AEW's roster is bigger than a lot of people realize. So like, you get to see a lot more people who don't maybe don't have a lot of screen time finally get their chance to have screen time and have matches that you never thought you really wanted. I'm excited for it. Facts. I'm so excited for it. Um, all right. If that's all we have to talk about wrestling, let's plug out a couple of episodes that are coming up. Uh, we, If you listen to the last week's Know Thy Neighbor episode with CJ, correct? Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, go go listen to that. Uh, we have done the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness episode. That was a lot of fun. Uh, we have so for next week and a couple of coming up. We have Halo coming up. 
Um, we have Obi-Wan Kenobi. Apparently there's only six episodes and there's already three out. So a couple weeks we'll be recording that. Miss um, Marvel's coming out soon, the, the show. That's going to be fun. Um, we're going to do an episode of the podcast of us going to Forbidden Door because it looks like there might be some interesting things we might be doing. Uh, none of it is official. I've talked to Andy and them about it already, which would be cool. Meeting people, maybe stuff like that. That'd be <laughs> cool. We could talk about that. Uh, we do have a couple other Know Thy Neighbor episodes getting stacked up. And we have some other episodes just getting in the works. We still have to do our crazy movie review that we were discussing. So a lot of things are coming up. Shawnee D, I'm still not. Or Shawnee D and Brent, because I forget which one of you were very excited for this. I'm pretty sure it was Brent. I'm still not happy for this. I still hate that movie. I'm going to tear it apart. It's going to be worse than Rob tearing apart Madison and the crew. I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying. Madison and the crew. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, as always. As always. As always. For Disaster Party Podcast. I am Rob Stanio. Oh, oh, daddy. I'm Andy Bivens. And we are out. Bye. Bye. Enjoy Hell in the Cell. Peace.